Welcome everyone to the Hikes Peak Podcast. Thank you for coming back to the mountain. A great episode for you today. We're going over the best defenses in the Mountain West. I'm using my voting ballot and the official site rankings will come out on the website tomorrow, August 16th. Joining me to break down each defense is none other than our very own Zach Ballard. Excited to be here, guys. We'll go in-depth on every player you need to know about for this season and we'll fill you in on the potential breakout performers who can take their team to the next level. Without further ado, here are our picks for the top defenses in the conference. We both had the same team ranked at number one. It's probably not a surprise to most of you, and that is Wyoming, led by one of the scariest front sevens in the entire country. That front four has so much experience. They're the most experienced D-line in the conference. You have Braden Siders, who showed that he's very capable as a freshman. Cole Godbout is now healthy, so he'll be their starting D-tackle. He's been a force in the Mountain West for many years. Jordan Bertignoli, who really showed how good he can be. Cole Godbout's absence last year. He's on the Outland watch list for the best tackle in the nation. And then also Devon Harris, who showed up as one of the best edge rushers in the conference, really out of nowhere last year. So he's primed to have an even better season this year. Of course, the other guy in that front seven that makes it so terrifying is, of course, the preseason defensive player of the year, Easton Gibbs. He really needs no introduction. He's just a hard-hitting linebacker, super consistent, a tackle machine, very solid in coverage as well. Shea Suyanoa also on his side, a very solid backer. The weakness of this defense, if you could say that, is the secondary. Just not as much star power as the other positions, but still very solid. They're the third most experienced secondary in the conference. You got a lot of seniors on that team, like cornerbacks Darren Harrell and Ja'Cory Hawkins. Isaac White and Wyatt Eckler have both had some flashes at safety, so this should be a fine secondary. The star of the show is the D-line and the linebackers. I think every defensive unit in the Mountain West has a weakness this year, or at least a potential weakness. For me, when I'm looking at my defensive rankings, it really comes down to who has the best front seven. I think without a doubt, Wyoming had the best front seven. Air Force can maybe give them a good run for their money. The returning production is huge. You've got the obvious candidate for defense player of the year in Easton Gibbs. I would be shocked if this isn't Gibbs last year in college football. He is a lock to be an NFL player. He's got the size, the speed, the athleticism, that killer instinct you want from, from the linebacker position. Cole Godbout is by far the most underrated player on this defense. I know he's first team all not west but he's a guy you just don't hear us talk about a whole lot he's in line for another big season and another guy that could potentially play on sundays on to our second ranked defense we both had air force in this spot similar to the cowboys i really like what i see from the front seven for the falcon they're probably not quite to the level the cowboys are but i think you can make an argument that their secondary is a little bit ahead of where wyoming is you can make a strong argument that they're kind of the one b to wyoming's one a zidrick is a phenomenal nose tackle does a great job of stopping the run fogging up the interior defensive line the falcons aren't going to get to the quarterback a whole bunch. Not really their nature. They want to make you pass the ball. They're a team that wants to completely stop the run. They want you to beat them through the air. The best way to do that is by having solid interior linemen, which the Falcons definitely have. Really excited to see what Alec Mock does this year. I know uh, you guys both in first team on conference. It'll be interesting to see if he can kind of live up to that billing and get into the same conversation as like DJ Schramm or Easton Gibbs. Maybe not as much star power as Wyoming, but that's a really tough billing to reach. But there's a lot of talent on this team. Peyton Zadroik, I had him ranked as my eighth best player in the entire conference. If you guys like watching film, I highly recommend putting on some Peyton Zadroik tape because he just moves faster than any nose tackle has any right to. He's an incredible player and I think he's primed for an amazing season this year. There may be a couple of weak spots like the edge positions and the outside linebackers. You may have a bit of an experience there, but overall this is a very solid defense and you have some really incredible players in that secondary. I'll include Camby Goff in this even though he kind of plays that spur more of a linebacker role, but he's an incredible player, very consistent. He had 
three interceptions and nine deflections last year, which led the team. The corners are still sorting themselves out. There isn't really a shoe-in to be a starting cornerback at this point, but they'll probably be fine. This is Troy Calhoun we're talking about. You know their defense is going to be solid at every position group, and Trey Taylor is probably going to be the best player on this defense. A Nagurski watchlist guy for the best defensive player in the nation. He's a very experienced safety, and he's also going to be on the All-Mountain West first team more than likely. So this is obviously the defense that was number one in every statistical category last year in the conference, so it would be quite shocking if they weren't at least one or two again this year, but we'll have to wait and see. They're going to be replacing a couple positions, but overall, with how much talent this team has, they're likely, again, going to be one of the better defenses in the entire nation. Our third-ranked defense is also one we agreed on, which is Fresno State, the defending Mountain West champions. The front four is probably the weakest part of this defense, but there's still no slouch. They're ranked third in returning starts, but maybe not a ton of stars on this team. You do have Devo Bridges, who is one of the better edge rushers in the conference, and then Johnny Hudson Jr. also is shown to be a very solid defensive tackle. If Gabriel Lightfoot can take another step in his development and really create some havoc in the run game and maybe get to the passer a couple times, that would really help out this unit. The most experienced linebacker duo in the entire conference, they averaged 29 starts between them, between Malachi Langley and Lavelle Bailey. Lavelle Bailey, a guy I got to talk to at Media Day, he's a very confident, nice young man. He's a guy that will be the leader of this team spiritually. Three straight all-conference honorable mentions. He's going to be looking to get onto one of those first two teams. Besides the lack of recognition, he is one of the best linebackers in the entire conference. And then you look at the secondary, there's a ton to like here, starting with Cam Lockridge, who is undoubtedly the best corner in the conference. He was incredible last year with his five interceptions. I think he only started the last like nine games of the year. So who knows what he's capable of with a full season. One other guy I want to highlight, transfer from Kent State, Dean Clark. He's probably going to be their starting strong safety. He's got a lot of experience coming over from the MAC, and I think he's probably going to have a very good season this year if he can stay healthy. I rank Fresno State number three as well. Gosh, I'm wondering if they're really going to live up to that building more and more as I look at their roster. I think a big reason why we think so highly of Fresno's defense is Bailey and Lockridge, not necessarily the rest of the talent around them. I mean, Langley is a really good linebacker as well, but not really in the same conversation as those upper tier linebackers in the Mountain West. It's really going to come down to, can they replace a guy like Rallis, cog in that Fresno State defense for years? Played a huge role in not only as a pass rusher, but also a solid run stopper. So it's really going to come down to how they replace guys like Perales and can they stop the run? Because I think that's the biggest concern for the Bulldogs. Can they stop the run? I think they're going to be solid in pass coverage. How do they go up against a team like a Boise State who has a running quarterback, who has multiple guys they can carry the ball to. They have wide receivers who can, who can run fly sweeps. So it's really going to come down to whether or not they can stop the run. That's what's going to define this defense this season. So the next team we'll talk about is Boise State, which was our first difference of opinion. I had them ranked fourth, and Zach had them ranked one spot behind that with fifth. I'm really intrigued by this team. A lot of experience in the secondary, a lot of experience at linebacker. Similar to the Bulldogs, those questions are going to come along the defensive line. Heading into camp, we thought we had a good idea of who was going to start for in the defensive line, and then we found out there were some position moves. Ahmed Hassanian is the breakout candidate on the defensive line. We thought he was going to line up next to Herbert Gums as a tackle. Coaches moved him to defensive end. As of right now, he first he defensive end with senior Demetria Washington on the other side as the end. And the inside, it's looking like it'll be Herbert Gums and sophomore Braxton Feely. You know, the coaches are really, really high on Feely. The Broncos also got some interesting transfers on the defensive line. Tyler Weegis out of Utah. Spring ball looked like he was going to be a starter. You have Howard Brown, Iowa State. The guy who was who's famous for playing quarterback at the high school level. There was all those videos on Twitter of him going around. A big guy playing quarterback. He had wheels. Guys, it's going to be interesting to see how the coaches decide to use 
him. My favorite player on this defense that nobody is talking about, Andrew Simpson. Andrew Simpson stepped in after Marco Notarini, another guy that probably is worth talking about, got injured early last year. He became the number three linebacker behind Ezekiel Noah, first team all-conference candidate, DJ Schramm. Simpson, we would even see him line up as an edge sometimes, and they would put him in pass rushing roles. He had a couple sacks last year, stepped back into coverage. Simpson, a real dynamic linebacker. Maybe making our is a little bit undersized, but he fits this defense really, really well. There's some really intriguing linebackers behind Simpson and Schramm. Marco Notarini's coming off a standing injury last year. He's a freak of an athlete and should be a good backup to those guys. A little bit of a concern when you lose an NFL guy like Jail Skinner, but Tubner filled in for him nicely last year. I also think you'll see Zion Washington play an important role as a backup at safety this year as well. I was kind of low on this defense. The more I think about it, maybe overly critical. I think this unit will surprise some people this year, especially with that being Avalos' background. And you have a really solid defensive coordinator in Spencer Danielson. So I'm excited to see what the Broncos bring on defense this year. They can match what they have on the other side of the ball. They're going to be a dangerous team this year. I can't wait to see what Ahmed Hassanane is going to do on the edge. An incredibly talented player who maybe you were worried a bit about the production with him being behind Herbert Gums, but now as you slide him into that other starting edge role, it's really going to be exciting to see what he's capable of. Now that Dimitri Washington finally is healthy, he's probably going to have his best year yet. I know that Andy Avalos talked about that at media day when I got to talk to him. He was very excited about what Washington's capable of this year. You all know how good DJ Schramm is. He's incredible. He's a Nagurski watchlist guy, one of the most solid linebackers in the entire conference. Andrew Simpson, I've talked a ton about him. We voted him as our defensive breakout player of the year at our site. He's going to have a very solid year if he is indeed that starting linebacker, a ton of potential. We'll see how high his ceiling really is. Even though at least statistically the secondary isn't bringing back a ton of starts, they're ranked 10th in the conference in returning starts for the secondary. You have a ton of talented guys. All three of those corners are very talented. Kawanoe Kaniho had some very good snaps. So did Seiyi Oladipo. Markel Reed, a guy coming off of injury who, if he can stay healthy, is a phenomenal player. Very interested to see how these safeties turn out. We did see a lot from Tubner last year when JL Skinner was down for a little bit. We don't know if he's going to be able to completely replace that production. He's going to be able to get like 80 plus tackles. So that'll be very interesting to keep an eye on. Overall, this is a defense that I think will be one of the better units in the conference. They're one of the more sure things in the conference. A lot of the teams that we'll go over a bit later in this list have a lot of potential, maybe a bit of a boomer bust factor. I think Boise State is probably a lock to be somewhere in the top half of the conference defensively, and they could be even better. The name coming out of camp that has been getting a lot of buzz is Marion McCoy. They're saying he's in contention to possibly start at corner or at least be in the rotation coming out of Laney College. When it comes to junior college transfers, Boise State doesn't have a ton of success there. I mean, there are the Cedric Wilsons and John Hightower's wide receiver position, but on the defensive side of the ball, not a ton of success. So it'll be interesting to see how Amari Boy and maybe even a Milo Lopez do coming out of the junior college ranks. So the next team we'll talk about is San Diego State, which the exact reverse of Boise State. I had them at number five. Zach had them at number four. Of course, they're going to be playing that 3-3-5 defense they're famous for. The front three might be a bit spotty. You're going to have a new starter in Dominic Oliver. You're going to have a new transfer coming in to start at D-tackle, likely Samuel Atui Halamaka from Oklahoma State. Garrett Fontaine is a guy that you really need to have a lot of production from this year. If he could have a big step forward and get more than six sacks, that would be a huge boost for this team. The linebackers are a very solid group overall. Cody Moon coming in as their new weak side linebacker. Just an incredible player from New Mexico. Very productive there. Now he gets the chance in a bigger spotlight on San Diego State's defense. So can't wait to see what he's capable of. He's a guy that we voted to our all-conference first team. Zyrus Fiaseu is a very solid young guy that is probably 
probably going to start at Mike for them. You would expect him to have a very big role for this team alongside Cooper Moon and the other and the other outside linebacker, Cooper McDonald, who is very, very solid. He has a lot of experience throughout his time with the Aztecs. Very good compliment to Cody Moon. He may even finish above Moon in tackles when it's all said and done. In the secondary, which funny story, I actually thought that they were a bit inexperienced when I hadn't looked at it too closely when I came into media day. I just asked Sedarius Barfield about how he tries to lead a lot of the young guys in this group, and he quickly corrected me and said that this is really going to be one of the more experienced groups in the conference, and he's right. You have a ton of experience. They were only fifth in returning starts in the secondary, but they just have a ton of talent throughout. You got guys like Des Malone, Dallas Branch, and Noah Avenger, who all have all-conference talent if they can stay healthy, and two very, very good safeties in Devon Celestine and Sedarius Barfield. So while there may not be as much star power as some of these other defenses have, this is going to be one of the more solid defenses in the conference. I'm pretty sure about that. And I can't wait to see specifically what this secondary is capable of because they just have so many different guys that can contribute. It was interesting. You know, I followed the Mountain West for 10, 15 years now. And in all the years I have watched San Diego State play, I always look at them as a top one, two defense in the league. Last year, they just weren't themselves. I mean, they weren't a bad defense. They weren't a league. Most years, they're a top 25 in the country defense. I remember watching them play at Boise State. Boise State literally ran replays the entire game, and they just couldn't stop it. They ran the ball down their throat. It'll be interesting to see if the coaches are able to kind of make those adjustments this year, if they can get improved play on the defensive line, a linebacker who stops some of those more athletic quarterbacks and running backs that they had issues with last year. Because if you look at the games that San Diego State lost last year, most of them came against teams that had a really good running game. It'll be interesting to see how this team responds. I think one of the more underrated guys on that defense, Avenger, I really like what he brings to the table. He's one of those guys that's fine under the radar that could maybe be an all-conference or breakout player of the year in the Mountain West. So the next team we'll talk about is Colorado State. I have them ranked number six. Zach has them ranked number seven. I think this is sneakily one of the more talented defenses in the conference. You have some just incredible players like Muhammad Kamara and Jack Howell, who are both shoo-ins to be first conference this year. Kamara was second in the conference in TFLs, and Jack Howell, I believe, was fourth in tackles. Those are guys that you expect to be even better this year, and they're also going to have some help, which is very, very important. Grady Kelly broke out as a true freshman. He's going to have a very solid sophomore year. They picked up a couple of transfers from North Dakota State. Tony Pierce Jr., who had a lot of starts there. He's probably going to be their starting right. And Dom Jones, who was a very good safety for the Bison. I've actually heard he may get some reps at corner, which if that is true, this is going to be one of the tallest cornerback duos in the entire conference between Chagosi Anusium and Dom Jones, who are both over six foot. Anusium, real quick, I'll touch on him. He's an amazing corner, one of the better corners in the conference. Aiden Hector also had a phenomenal year last year as their nickel. He's one of the most dynamic players on this defense. The real area of concern is probably linebacker. There's definitely some talented guys here, but the depth is really an issue. They picked up Trey Pastor from Cal. He's a phenomenal player that Jay Norvell spoke very highly of at media day. Drew Kulik would normally be the other starting linebacker, but he's still dealing with injuries, so not exactly sure what his timetable is, but he's going to be a very solid player if he can get back on the field. In the meantime, Chase Wilson will be there. He had about 40 tackles last year. He was pretty solid. If any of those two guys go down, or if any of the three go down after Kulik comes back, this could be a real area of concern. They already have the least experience of any linebacker group in the Mountain West, so if any group could kill this defense, it's going to be the linebackers, but I think overall they have a ton of talent, more talent than a Colorado State defense has had in quite some time. And it's kind of a weird thing to say because we think of Jay Norvell teams, we think of elite offenses and mediocre defenses, but this team might be the opposite of that. 
Pat and Kamara and Hal, can they bring the players around them up to their level or near their level? Because when we think of this defense, we think of Kamara and Hal, and then we're going to probably have a hard time. If you're not a Colorado State fan, you're probably going to have a hard time thinking of anybody else on this defense, especially, you know, with so many transfers coming in. Not a lot of star power outside of those two, but Hal and Kamara are special players, two guys that should play on Sundays, and two guys that could be sneaky candidates for the all-conference defense player of the year, especially when you think of a guy like Kamara who could finish the season with double-digit sacks. Really like this defense. I think they're going to be good enough to make the Rams a bowl team this year. The next team we'll go over is the San Jose State Spartans. I was quite low on them. I had them ranked at number 10. Zach had them ranked at number 6. I think we've reached the point of the countdown where you could probably put any team 7 through 12 in that bottom half. I think the Spartans are probably the team with the most upside of those six teams. We've seen Brennan and his staff be able to improve on defense. Early in Brennan's tenure at San Jose State, the defenses were atrocious. Awful. Horrible. We've seen that kind of start to flip, and it's really started with the play on the interior defensive line. I love what they have with Jake Kakiba. Hopefully I'm, I'm pronouncing that right. Soane Koya. I think that they are really strong players on, on the defensive line and, and could put up some special numbers this year. I think that a guy like Trey Jenkins can be there in that conversation as one of the better, if not one of the better safeties in the league right up there with, with Howell. And I think this team has the potential to be a top half, a top six defense in the league if some of those younger guys can slide in and provide some depth. You know, make some plays. It's really going to come down to their defense as to whether or not this team can be that dark close contender that a lot of people think they can. Can they beat a Fresno State? Can they beat a San Diego State? And it's really going to have to come down to how does their defense perform? Can they hold teams into the 20s? Because their offense is more than capable of putting up 30-35 points. So really it's going to come down to the defense their productivity of whether or not they can compete for a championship. I think the key to this team will be the production of the D-line. They're going to have to replace Cade Hall and Junior Fajoko. One of the things I made sure to talk to Brett Brennan about at Media Days was D-line coach Joe Suomalo who's been one of the best D-line coaches in the entire country. You can safely assume that he's going to get the best out of his players and that even though that star power is at least on paper from last year, they're going to be fine. They're going to produce. You have a lot of really talented guys in Kakiva and Tawoya. You would expect one of these guys to really break out and have an amazing season. There's a lot of talent on this team. There's just a couple of really glaring holes. I think that cornerback two spot is really an issue. Obviously, you have Kenyon Reed, who's a very solid corner, but we don't really know who that second corner is it going to be. Is it going to be DJ Harvey, the very highly touted transfer from Virginia Tech? Is it going to be someone else? And if nobody steps up, that's going to definitely be an issue. Two of the more experienced safeties in the entire conference, obviously Trey Jenkins doesn't need any introduction. He's one of the most tenured safeties in the entire conference, a phenomenal player. Chase Williams, who transferred over two years ago to San Jose State, and he's been very solid for them as their starting strong safety. Brian Parham, a very, very good weak side linebacker. He's going to have a very good year as he gets a full run of starts this season. There's going to need to be other linebackers that step up in that 3-4 defense. Jordan Pollard had a very solid freshman year. Jordan Cobbs has produced throughout his career. He's a senior now. There's guys in the secondary you know are going to produce, but there's a lot of projection on this defense, and I think there could be a lot that could go wrong. I think I was definitely too negative putting them at 10. There's a couple of issues that Brett Brennan and this defense are going to have to iron out, but I think overall this is a very experienced unit in most spots, and I think they'll be fine. Next team will go over is the Utah State Aggies. I have them ranked at number seven. Zach has them ranked at number eight. This is another team that's got a lot of star power at the top. You have those tackle Hale Motuapuaka, who I got to talk to at Media Day, one of the best returning defensive tackles in the conference. You have a couple of very good secondary pieces. Michael Anyanwu, even though he's five foot nine, is one of the best corners in the conference. Ike Larson broke out as an incredible player as a true freshman, now entering his sophomore year, looking to be even better. MJ Tafisi is one of the best Mike linebackers in the conference if he can stay
stay healthy. Outside of them, there's definitely some spots of concern. The rest of the defensive line besides Motu Apuaka, you're going to need to see some production out of maybe Sion Sloan, the Juco transfer, or the other defensive tackle, Pukesi Vakata. You're going to need another linebacker to step up with Tafisi, whether that's going to be sophomore Max Alford, whether that's going to be Wisconsin Treads for Gavin Barthiel. You're going to need other guys in the secondary to step up besides Larson and Anyanwu. We don't know who that other boundary corner is going to be. It could be redshirt freshman J.D. Drew. There could be a couple of blue chip guys that work their way in there. Strong safety, likely to be a new starter. Javar Strong, a Hutchinson Juco transfer. He's a very solid player, but has no FBS experience. So there's definitely a couple areas of concern on this Utah State defense, but with guys like Motuapuaka and Larson and Anyanwu, I think they're going to have some very solid days. Probably going to be a couple of games where they kind of get stuck in the mud. Whenever you're relying on junior college transfers to be starters, I think you're playing with fire. I do think that potential there, but there's just not really a lot of names on this list outside of Ike Larson that strike me as elite players. Anderson has just kind of played with fire. We need to see that he can recruit at the, at the high school level here on the East Coast. He's relied heavily on JUCO and college transfers. Can he get some of these younger guys now in his third year that he's recruited from the high school level to actually step in and contribute? He was really fortunate his first year that all of almost every single college transfer that he had come in was a success. We're able to come in and contribute and aim for a championship team. But sometimes when you rely too heavily on one area of recruiting, it can ultimately lead to your demise. So we need to see some production from those high school guys that he's recruited and see if they can come in and have a role in the defense. Next team we'll go over is Hawaii. I have them ranked number eight. Zach has them ranked all the way down at 12. This is a defense that struggled a lot last year, but I think they're really primed for a much better season. It really starts with the secondary Cam Stone, one of the biggest transfer pickups in the entire conference coming over from Wyoming. He's a first team caliber corner and he was recognized as such by the Mountain West. Peter Manuma broke out as a true freshman, one of my favorite players to watch, just an incredibly hard hitting and athletic safety. Logan Taylor also broke out last year in the final six games of the year as their next big linebacker product. The defensive line has a lot of experience, maybe not a ton of proven production, but you have some really solid veterans like Andrew Choi, John Tui Tupau, Jonah Kahahawe Welch, who was on the Danny Werfel watch list. The other corner I want to point out is Vertel Edwards II, who after coming to Hawaii last season has really solidified himself as that other boundary corner. They're definitely going to need some transfers to step up in some of those other places. You're going to need another D tackle. You're probably going to need a nickel to step up. There's definitely some things to be excited about on this Rainbow Warriors defense, and I think that's why I put them so high because of the star power of guys like Cam Stone and Manuma. Maybe a bit of wishful thinking on my end, but I think if all goes right and if you get some production from some of these transfers to fill in some of those gaps, this could be a defense that really surprises people. Yeah, I mean, I see the potential there. I don't know how they were able to land Cam Stone. He seemed like a guy that was destined to go power five. That was a huge get, Rainbow Warriors. We'll see what he's able to do this year. But that defensive line has been swish cheese for years now. Teams have just been able to run it down their throat. They haven't even needed to throw the ball because it's been so easy to run the ball against Hawaii. They really need guys like Pahopa, the Washington transfer, to come in and be able to contribute immediately to be able to clog that middle and stop teams from just being able to run the ball up the gut, which has been the biggest flaw for this Hawaii team. They just get the ball ran on them so, so hard. They need to make sure their linebackers can come in and play at least an average to above average level. It's been an issue in the past. This team needs to show substantial growth in the front seven in year two under, under Timmy Chang. We know that Chang's going to fix this offense. I have confidence there, but can he put together a staff that can have at the very, very, very least an average defense? I don't think Hawaii in the future will need to have an elite defense, but I think they need to have a middle of the pack defense in the Mountain West, and I'm not sure that this unit this year comes anywhere close to that. Finally, we're in agreement once again. 
we both had UNLV ranked as the ninth best defense in the conference. Also a team that runs that 3-3-5 defense. There's a surprising amount of holdovers from the Marcus Arroyo regime as Barry Odom comes in. He brought in a ton of transfer talent, but there really isn't going to be a ton of guys that are going to immediately start, at least on paper, because there is a lot of veteran presence still on this Rebels team. You got the front three of Jalen Dixon, Darius Johnson, and Naki Fahina. All have had some injury concerns, but have really produced a lot when they've been on the field. I think that's going to be a unit that surprises people. Picked up Xavier Carter from LSU, who should be a very solid edge rusher. We haven't got to see him play a ton, so it's going to be very interesting to see what he does with a full season's run. The secondary is probably the best group on this team. You have a lot of really solid players. Both corners, Cam Oliver and Ricky Johnson, have a lot of potential. Two very solid junior safeties in Jonathan Baldwin and Jordan Morgan. Both of them are certainly all-conference material, and the guy that isn't even listed on our depth chart, but I have to mention, is Jackson Turner, the safety from Arizona, who is a proven Power 5 starter. I didn't exactly know where to put him in the starting lineup, but he's going to get on the field, and he's going to get significant playing time. He's too good not to. I think there's a lot of reason to be excited about this Rebels defense. I think that the lack of proven production and the linebackers could get them into trouble. Maybe if that defensive line runs into some more injuries, that could be an issue. I'm not as concerned as I thought I would be about the depth of this team because there's not a ton of transfers starting on this team, and they brought in transfers in essentially every single position group. So if some of these guys get hurt, there's going to be a pretty solid player they can plug in. Pretty excited to see what Barry Odom is capable of in his first year in Las Vegas. Yeah, when you look at UNLV's defense last year, and you had Arroyo, who's definitely an offensive-minded coach, UNLV gave up 383 yards per game. The only three teams in the conference were worse last year. Nevada and Utah State were not far behind UNLV, and then you had Hawaii way at the bottom. They've definitely got to get a little bit better in the secondary, gave up 157 yards a game on the ground. Maybe some of that could be attributed to injuries on the offensive side of the ball and not being able to, the defense being on the field too long. That defensive line is really concerning to me. They need to be able to get to the quarterback quickly. They need to be able to stop the run. There's just not a lot there really excited about when it comes to the depth. There is some young potential there. Maybe new leadership is what they need. Maybe Odom can kind of push that defense, light a fire under them, help them reach a level that they did not reach under Arroyo. So, you know, UNLV was improved last year. They were almost a bowl team. And even if the defense would have just been average, maybe slightly above average, they might have been an eight-win team last year. So they're not far off. It'll be interesting to see if they can take that next level and improve as a defense and kind of be one of those dark horse teams in the conference. Our second to last team is New Mexico. I had them ranked number 11. Zach had them ranked number 10. Yeah, I want to just talk a little bit about the situation in New Mexico. And Danny Gonzalez is probably the only coach in the Mount West you would say that is firmly on the hot seat. And I like Gonzalez. I want to see him be successful. I think he is the right man for the job in New Mexico. He, I mean, he's a Lobo through and through. He is a defensive-minded coach, which makes these rankings even more puzzling. Why haven't his defenses been more successful? If we look at their 2022 numbers, they were kind of middle of the pack, gave up 360 yards per game, but they struggled stopping opposing rush defenses, which is surprising out of a Gonzalez-led defense who loves to blitz, loves to be aggressive at the line of scrimmage. Generally, if they give up big plays, that's in the pack passing game, but that just wasn't the case, you know, running that 3-3-5, you expect them to kind of make those plays. 158 rushing yards game, definitely something they probably want to see more in like the 120s, 130s, if they're going to take that next step. Kind of looking at their defense and where they were last year and this year, maybe ranking them at 10 was a mistake on my part. Maybe they're more in that kind of 7-8 range. They did hit some uh, power five transfers, Gabriel Lopez and Diarco Perkins McAllister, Lopez out of Wazoo and McAllister out of TCU, and Covington out of TCU. They're really looking to see if some of those guys can provide some depth in the secondary. You never know with transfers. And I do think Hallister and Covington are going to improve that pass defense. And I like what Lopez brings on the edge. And maybe he can kind of be that guy that gets to the quarterback, which is something that they 
struggled with. Maybe I was a little too low on them initially. I can see this defense actually being better than what I initially thought. It's going to be what determines the success and failures of Gonzalez is where does his defense stand at the end of the season? Because if he is going to succeed as a head coach, it's going to be because of his defenses, not because of his offenses, because that's where his background is. Yeah, I definitely think there's a lot of things to like about this Lobo defense. They did bring in a ton of transfer talent. You already brought up Lopez, Perkins, McAllister, and Covington, but there still is a lot of talent left on this team. I think one of the one of the big reasons that Gonzalez has struggled is just that the team has been looted by transfer portal over and over and over again. Last year, the mainly being Cody Moon going to San Diego State and Adrian Halsey going to, I believe, Ole Miss. But there still is a lot of talent, especially veteran talent. You got two pretty solid linebackers in Ray Lutele and Sayir Riley. You have one of the most experienced corners in the entire conference in Dante Martin. Another guy to point out, Tavion Combs, who had a ton of starts in the earlier part of his career and just tore his ACL three games into the year last year, which was a very big hit for this defense, but he's going to return as their middle safety, that Lobo position. The biggest thing to look for on this defense is how is that front three going to contribute? They only have one start average between the three of those starters, so not a ton of tread on those tires, but we really don't know what they're capable of, so maybe they come out and really surprise a lot of people and can stop the run efficiently, or maybe they come out and just don't really mesh right, and stopping the run is a real issue for this team, because certainly the secondary is more solid than the front seven, you could say. They finished in the top half of the conference in passing yards last year, and also in turnovers, so this is a team that's got a lot of talent, but they're going to need that front three to solidify itself if they want any chance to win, to win enough games to keep Danny Gonzalez's job, who I absolutely do agree with you that he's the right guy for the job. The definition of a Lobo, he's been there for over 25 years, and just a super nice guy. You can totally see why guys want to play for him, and I really hope he figures it out in Albuquerque, because I don't think there's anybody who would be better to bring the Lobos back to prominence than Danny Gonzalez. And the final team we'll go over is Nevada. I have them ranked last, and Zach has them ranked number 11. Yeah, this is another team that has some very solid pieces to look at. Starts with Drew Watts, who really broke out as a freshman. He's going to be their starting weak side linebacker. Should have a very solid year as well. You have one of the most experienced corner trios in the entire conference between Jaden Dedman, Isaiah Sisamina, and Trey Weed, the transfer coming over from Eastern Washington with, I believe, 36 starts. So the corners are going to be very solid on this team, but maybe doesn't transfer to the safeties who are both going to be starting seniors who have not started a game yet in their career in Amadi Johnson and Zeke Robbins. So their play is going to be very key for this offense because even though their corners are very solid and they're a group I'm very confident in, if those safeties are a real liability, they may not be able to stop the pass. Some other transfers they picked up to help their front seven. You got two linebackers from Oregon and Jackson LaDuke and Adrian Jackson. One of those guys should be a starter. Henry Ika Hihifo coming from Cal, who originally started at Nevada as a tight end and transferred over to Cal as a defensive end, now comes back to Reno. James Hansen, a very solid D tackle that you hope he can have his best season yet. There's definitely some really solid players on this team. When you match them up against some of these other defenses, there's more guaranteed production in a lot of these other defenses. There's just a lot of unknown for this Wolfpack defense. You know, who is that other linebacker going to be besides Drew Watts? How are those safeties going to do? Is that defensive line going to produce really at all? Because there isn't really a ton of proven production on that defensive line besides James Hansen. We're going to have to wait to see what Ken Wilson does. Another guy that's there as an alumni who really loves that program. A defensive coach who you would hope is the right guy for the job heading into year two. This should be a very improved team from last year, you would hope. I just don't know how much that's going to translate into 
into wins. Yeah, it's hard not to be a Ken Wilson fan considering what Jay Norvell did to that program. He just completely decimated that program when he left by pretty much taking all of the elite players and bringing them to Colorado State with him. I see a lot of parallels between Wilson at Nevada and Gonzalez at New Mexico. They both have deep ties to the program. We want to see it be successful. We're willing to take less pay to try to get teams back on the map. When you look at Nevada's returning production and you see that it's low, maybe that's not such a bad thing. It's not like their defense was setting the world on fire last year. They struggled immensely. And maybe getting some fresh blood in there pays some dues for this team. Maybe it'll help them light a fire. With Wilson's background from Oregon, he's definitely been hitting the transfer portal hard, bringing in some Oregon guys. Maybe those guys help with the athleticism, which definitely seemed to be a concern on the defense last year. They, they I don't want to say they were slow, but they definitely needed a spark and some more athletes on that side of the ball. And maybe the Duke can be that at the linebacker position. I mentioned Watts earlier. I think Watts is a really good player. He's young at linebacker. So I think that the Duke-Watts combo is one to keep an eye on for Nevada. Maybe they can kind of be the spark that that defense needs to take Nevada to from maybe being a two or three win team to like a five win team, which would be a win for the Wolfpack this season. I don't think they necessarily need to make a bowl, but we need to see that team show some improvement. That's it for this episode of the Hikes Peak Podcast. Thank you so much for coming back to the mountain. Make sure to make the trek back here next Tuesday for another brand new episode, which will be on the top teams in the Mountain West. Big thanks to Zach Ballard for hiking up the mountain to visit us. Thanks for having me, Jack. Forward to joining you again. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to go back and listen to our previous episodes. They're just as informative. And also, if you wouldn't mind, rate the show five stars. Nothing helps the show out more than that. So any ratings would be greatly appreciated. Follow us on Twitter at MWC Connection and find all of your Mountain West news at MWCConnection.com. Thank you again for listening. Can't tell you how much running this show means to me. Until next time, I'm Jack Thompson. Enjoy your life.